Hey folks, my name is Sheely House. You're listening to Command and Signal. This is a limited run podcast about vets, propaganda, patriotism, and other bullshit. Over the next few episodes, we're going to look at what some keywords mean, why they matter, and then we're going to look at them in context. Ugh, so boring. We're going to explore fascism, nationalism, patriotism, propaganda, fake news, bro-vets, Kaepernick, gender, race... We're hitting all the good stuff. And it's important we talk about this shit because people are dying and our country is pretty pissed off at each other. And, you know, much like the greatest generation, we vets can bridge a lot of these gaps in ways that many others can't. We can speak to many different crowds simultaneously via shared experiences of service. But to do that, we need to take a look in the mirror first. All right, guys, this is going to be a rant video. Something I normally don't do. Our rights and our freedoms as American citizens are not up for debate or interpretation. I'm getting really sick and tired of seeing people step on the American flag. If you have a problem with the military and you have a problem with this country, do what you keep promising to do and leave. Yes, I have a flag bandana, but it's being worn. It's representing, still representing what I believe in. Alexa, is America the greatest country in the world? Sorry, I don't know. Done. I served 11 years in the military. That was the most life-changing experience I ever had. And I'm damn proud of serving, I'm damn proud of serving this country. I'm going to say it one more time for the people in the back. 3,000 people hit the share button. Our rights and our freedoms as Americans, no matter if you like it or not, are not up for debate or interpretation. So what did we just hear? Well, we heard from veterans that are equating any disrespect from the flag to disrespect of veterans. We heard a claiming of patriotism is being defined by said veterans. But the thing that I really want to point most towards is the last thing we heard. Our rights and our freedoms as Americans, no matter if you like it or not, are not up for debate or interpretation. The veteran that was speaking was saying that the rights and freedoms that he defines as being American are not up for debate or interpretation. Mind you, the Supreme Court of the United States, SCOTUS, if you will, um, their job is to interpret the Constitution, but not in his brain. No, his rights and his freedoms are not up for debate or interpretation. It is his way or the highway. Or as the other person said, do what you keep promising to do and leave. So let's start here. Let's start at my way or the highway. Let's start at, I define patriotism. I define Americanism. Let's start at, I get to decide what is American and what isn't. What does that mean? What does patriotism mean? What does nationalism mean? What does fascism mean? Because all three of these things are linked. And one could say, kind of go down a yellow brick road towards each other. 
So let's start with patriotism. What do a bunch of vets say? Uh, patriotism is... A love for your country, but to me, it's a little more than that. It's a deep respect and understanding of your country. The pride one feels in being part of a bigger nation. Uh, love for your country, willingness to sacrifice for your country. You know, patriotism is support for your country. It is support. Patriotism is quite simply a love of country. You don't claim any status or superiority to others. You simply love what is yours. One could compare this to fans of the Buffalo Bills. They know the Bills aren't winning any Super Bowl anytime soon. And yet they love their team all the same. In a snowstorm, and negative 20 temps, in a losing season, they love the Bills. Bills Mafia. Okay, now nationalism. Uh, nationalism. Nationalism is, um, like... Nationalism is very similar to patriotism, I think. I haven't really ever thought too much about the difference between the two. I think nationalism is kind of the same thing as patriotism, except with nationalism, I feel like I'm trying to convince you that my nation is better than yours. All for one, one for all type mentality, um, believing in, uh, you know, big government or believing in the nation, as it were. Okay, nationalism is like patriotism, but to me it has more of a negative connotation because it seems to be like a love for your country above other countries. Here's the issue. Some confuse nationalism with patriotism. Remember, patriotism is a love of country. Nationalism is a love of country plus some elitism. Now you love your country and you also think you're better than everyone else. And, and I want to point out this is different from saying you prefer your country to everyone else. That's a personal choice. You know, I love America. I want to live in this country. But Johan may love Germany and prefer Germany, and that's totally cool beans, right? That's patriotism. Nationalism is saying everyone should prefer my country because we're better than you. It also has a tendency to dehumanize those from other countries because they don't matter. They're not number one. They're not winning. In NFL terms, a nationalist team could be the Dallas Cowboys, which hurts a little bit because I'm a Cowboys fan. But they're America's team. America, yeah. They are better than everyone else. And every year is going to result in a Super Bowl win. Just you wait and see. Now, I imagine every person who isn't a Cowboys fan just totally understood the difference between nationalism and patriotism. Like, oh, okay, that makes total sense. So for my fellow Cowboys fans, we could substitute the New England Patriots as another nationalist surrogate. See, their fans also believe their team to be just superior, like morally, to everyone else. Of course, this annoyingly is an even more perfect comparison because, like America, the Pats do win a lot. But that's not really due to some manifest destiny crap where, you know, we all pitched in and did a great job. We both just had really good coaches for a while. Belichick and, I don't know, Washington? Lincoln? You know. We just had a good run of coaches. And every once in a while, we get a stinker, too. You know, we got to fire him. America, fuck yeah. Okay, so we got patriotism and we got nationalism. What about fascism? Okay, fascism. Shit, okay. Uh, fascism is bad. Um, I'm not really sure the exact definition. I feel like I use the word fascist as 
a term for an autocratic government or something? Um, I would say it's a government system where there's kind of one personality or ideology that that rules above all else, um, typically permeating all aspects of society because it is authoritarian in nature. Um, I'm not exactly solid on the book definition. And typically when I'm talking about things like that, I have to look it up first. Yeah, that's that's what I got. Uh, I'm not really too sure what fascism is. Um, and it's like a super extreme nationalism, right? Now, this is a tough one. We hear this term a lot with Antifa and Mussolini and Hitler, and it's everywhere. In modern political conversation, disagreement often leads to accusations of fascism and malcontent. So what is it? In specific terms... It's the belief that the state is the ultimate good. However, the state is a tricky term. You might hear state and think like, oh, like Texas, or even broader, like, oh, like America. But in this context, the state is even bigger. According to Rudolf Born, a really famous smart guy from around World War I, a community has three levels, nation, government, and state. The nation is like the geography, if you will. And the government is like the administration. And the state is the manifestation of the ideology that like permeates through all of that. So in the form of the United States, we can see this uh, breakdown as such. One, our nation is our borders from sea to shining sea. The government in D.C. is uh, number two, right? It's the second level. You got Congress, you got federalism. But the state, The state is things like the American dream that governs our every voting action as it relates to the free market or manifest destiny declaring that we must conquer the West or domino theory stating we cannot let a single country fall to communism. It's this kind of narrative that permeates every decision that we make. So in short, the state is our ideologies that define us as a country. Now, it's a lot, I know. Maybe in simpler terms, we can think of state like a religion. Level one is the church. That's our nation. Level two, the the government is like the governing body of that church, which delineates who's the pastor and who's the treasurer. And level three, the state level, is the book itself. And all the crap people have attached to the book for the last 2,000 years. So think about that. The state is the manifestation of ideology. And fascism is the belief that the state is the ultimate good. Therefore, fascism is believing to the point of moral absolutism that your ideologies are good and everyone else's are bad. It is an exercise in purity that creates an insider-outsider dynamic that seeks to purge all those that exist on the outside. Do what you keep promising to do and leave. It can create this dynamic on race, ethnicity, borders, religion, politics, really anything, though. Race and borders are often the leading causes. So by now, most of you have heard that Nike has selected Colin Kaepernick as the face of the Just Do It 30th anniversary, stating that he represents the very fundamentals of paving the way of sacrifice forward for the future generations. I wonder if there was anybody else that actually exemplifies true sacrifice other than Colin Kaepernick. True sacrifice, Nike, looks a bit more like Pat Tillman, who actually gave up an NFL career to join the military and then died fighting for this country. Another way to look at it is concepts come to life and demanding an adherence to them. Our rights and our freedoms as American citizens 
are not up for debate or interpretation. So whereas patriotism was a love of country and nationalism was a belief in the superiority of your country, fascism is an exercise in the purity of your country. And if you are impure, you will be expunged in fascism. Now, I know what you're thinking. That's, that's cool and all, but <laughs> you're not, not going to exactly uh, condemn an entire NFL fan base to representing fascism. That would be quite inflammatory, and I'm going to do that. Yeah. When we think about fascism, we should imagine a fan base that is aggressively for their team to the point of willing to commit acts of violence against fans from other teams when they visit their stadium. So which fan bases beat mercilessly the fans of opposing teams? Well, there's two obvious candidates, and as a Cowboys fan, I know who I'm citing. What's up, Eagles fans? Now, why is this all important to know, you might be asking? Well, social media made it so. The effect social media is having on our population is extremely palpable. You can see it in polls and votes and in the rise of certain forms of extremism, be it of any political persuasion. And due to the algorithms and echo chambers, we are unaware of our own culpability and what effect we're having on the world. In other words, we're a bunch of fucking morons who can be swayed by the internet a lot more than we all think we can. All of us. You too. Me too. All of us. And if you're sitting there going, ah, it's not me, you are terribly mistaken. Those unaware of the effect bias and propaganda can have on them are some of the most affected. It's like a person walking through a war zone, oblivious to the war zone. They have no PPE, no weapon, nothing. And they're just taking a stroll because they don't think there's a war going on. How's that going to go? And you need to know about patriotism, nationalism, and fascism because these three little things are integral to how foreign nations are using you to divide the nation. You, little old you. Good afternoon, Chairman Takano, Ranking Member Dr. Rowe, and the distinguished members of, the, of this committee. We at Vietnam Veterans America and I personally are deeply grateful for your decision to hold this hearing and for your commitment to ensuring that America addresses foreign-born cyber threats against service members, veterans, uh, our families, and survivors. The Vietnam Veterans of America commissioned and wrote a report on the campaign being waged by foreign governments, including, yes, those pesky Russians, to affect you politically and evoke strong reactions in you. They are locating and using wedge issues to drive a wedge between you and the civilian population. My name is Christopher Goldsmith, and I am the Chief Investigator and Associate Director for Policy and Government Affairs at VVA. VVA gave me the title of Chief Investigator out of necessity. Uh, out of necessity. I took on this additional role when VVA came to realize that we were facing a series of foreign-born online imposters who were creating social media accounts and websites that were meant to trick our members and supporters. These imposters were, and still are, using the name and brand of our con congressionally chartered VSO to spread actual fake news that is meant to inflame national divisions. They're doing this via memes, Facebook pages, fake news websites, and more memes. And the topics they're using? Race, gender, sexuality, you know, the basics. And what they're doing is they're, they're conflating and mystifying the differences between patriotism, nationalism, and fascism. So that's where this podcast comes in. We're going to look at what the report said, and then we're going to look at those wedge issues. Now, I'm not here to tell you to support some political program. 
I'm not going to say if you should support reparations or equal pay or women in the infantry. That's not what I'm here to do. But I am going to explain some history and some reality. Why did Kaepernick take a knee? Does Black Lives Matter hate veterans? Are women hurting the lethality of the military? You don't have to agree with everything I say, every political belief that I have, or everything or political belief the people I'm about to talk to in this podcast have. It doesn't matter if you are a liberal or conservative right now, and it doesn't matter if you are after this podcast. What matters is if you recognize how people are trying to affect you by blurring the lines between patriotism, nationalism, and often fascism. Because if you can recognize that, our country is going to do a lot better in talking to each other and getting things done and coming to agreements and finding common ground. You know, Randolph Bourne once said, war is the health of the state. I want you to think about why that is. Anyways, that's the end of our episode. Take us out. I want to go back to that VVA testimony you heard. Now, you heard at the time Christopher Goldsmith. He's the chief investigator for the Vietnam Veterans of America. But who he was speaking to was actually the Committee on Veterans Affairs for the House of Representatives. And there were multiple people at that hearing. Alongside Mr. Goldsmith was Dr. Vladimir Barash. He's the science director for Graphica, and he provided a little bit more of a top-down view. Take a listen. Early campaigns, we observed and analyzed targeted individuals online at random using easily discoverable methods. Newer methods use sophisticated cyborg approaches that synergize large-scale automated operations with precisely crafted disinformation injection and hijacking efforts by human operators. The goal of these operations is not simply to go viral or to have a high Nielsen score, so to speak, but rather to influence the beliefs and narratives of influential members of key American communities. These online campaigns have long targeted U.S. veterans and military service members. Information operations on social media exploit societal cleavages in U.S. veterans and military communities and work to promote narratives that American democracy is irrevocably broken. Attacks against our troops in the cyber domain manifest as malware and phishing campaigns, for instance, targeting veterans looking for employment. The pairing of disinformation with cyber attacks demonstrates the sophistication of these operations, which aim to manipulate our veterans through multiple channels simultaneously and negate the utility of any single defense against their efforts. Information operations intersect with domestic, hyperpartisan, and conspiratorial content, both on the right and on the left. The structure of our own public sphere creates the cracks through which bad actors target us. Domestic conspiracy theory accounts act as perfect amplifiers for foreign disinformation content, pushing it to a larger audience of Americans and situating it in a familiar context. 